Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. You must be prepared to ignite. We're on fire. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly, the program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, now. Here's Bob. Well, the rain is abated and everybody's left the porch. We can go out in the yard. Hey, folks, how are you? Welcome to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Hope it's bright and sunny wherever you are, at least bright and sunny between your ears. How about that? Alexandra, how you doing? I am just fabulous. Fab. Fab. Did you ever watch that show, Ab Fab? No, what is that? Oh, uh, you know, people are screaming now. I'm sure people listening going, that's so wonderful. And people are going, what? AbFab is short for absolutely fabulous. And it's these two women that. Oh, you know what? I have watched it. Oh, my God. I can't remember. Jennifer Saunders and and somebody else. Oh, yeah. Two funny, funny ladies. Uh, I I watched the pilot for that series once with my brother, and it it took me two days to stop laughing. I'm sorry. There it is. My sense of humor is out in the open. (laughs) Golly. Hey, you know, we have pulled everybody down the road here to be better leaders. And, you know, we talked about doing this within a context of not your organizations necessarily and not just your team necessarily, but in every aspect of your life on the home front, the big relationships, the big R's. And uh, I stumbled onto something from uh, Craig Chincata, who is uh, the VP of uh, brand communications at porch. And I'll link him up in the show notes. And, uh, you know, I, th- I may extend an invitation to have him on so we can talk more. He has a piece about the seven traits that make good managers great managers. And, you know, we're getting to the point now when we bring these topics up, there should be, there should be a resonance. There should be a resonance about, yeah, we've talked about this. And, and if you feel that way, I'm going, well, what what have you done to improve yourself? What have you done about that? For example, number one on his list about turning good managers to great is have a great attitude. So just just two episodes ago, wasn't I, you know, mimicking Robert De Niro going, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. <laughs> Have a great attitude. It's not working for somebody with a with a crappy with a K attitude. Just the worst. Yeah, I, it's just not. It's not conducive to um, you know a, a functional workplace. Yeah, and it's uh, it's also the thing that it's I can I can put the shields up and not have that affect me in the short term, and everybody can have a bad day and everybody deserves that right for sure. But you know, when I look at somebody that's making a choice to have a bad attitude repeatedly, I'm like, Holy cow. Remember uh, last, the last episode or a couple episodes ago, we talked about power and the mm-hmm. chorus of power. Oh my gosh. Remember 65% of the, of managers, not people, 65% of managers quit their bosses, not the organization. 
It's it's because of that. It's because of that. Wow, great attitudes. And I mean, you know, when I when I have been in a situation with a bad attitude, I've just stayed away from people. Yeah. I mean, I haven't canceled commitments. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just like, maybe I haven't done the spin on the floor at the end of the day, sit down going, hey, what's going on? How are you? Because, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to spill any of that on anybody. And yeah. it happens. You just have to, sometimes you have to grin and bear it, you know? And I, I always have a, a huge issue, you know, when I have a terrible manager, um, you know, I, all I want to do is like, tell, like, give them tips. Like, this is what you could do if you wanted to be more effective and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I could help you with that. And I feel bad because I'm, I'm trying to school my manager and it's not, you know, it's, it's terrible. And and don't get me wrong. I've had incredibly competent managers that I've learned so much from and, um, have mentored me and taught me more than I could ever know about, um, you know, business and, and the workforce. Um, but you know, I've also had some pretty, some pretty bad ones. I've also been management. And so, you know, when you have kind of been in every spectrum, you, you will watch, your manager try to fire someone or scold someone or discipline someone. And you're like, I just want to teach you how to communicate what you think effectively, but you can't. So yeah. You what know, do you, if, do, if you, you know? think, you know, you have a bad attitude at work, let me tell you, I just had the privilege to be on a uh, Karen Kolf's show. Uh, we turned out okay. And it's about parenting. And when I got the invitation from her, I was, I was very, I was number one flattered, Karen. Thank you very much. But I was surprised. And I, you know, it, I talked about so many of the things we talk about here just in the family perspective, because that is, that is her focus on that. And, you know, the parents bringing home their bad attitudes is really an issue. And we talked about, you know, phrasing and things that you have to, to, to do to, to negate you, you know, when your voice on your, your, the angel on your shoulder says, I can't believe I'm hearing you say that just mm -hmm. taking care of the attitude and not jumping down everybody's throat because you had a bad day somewhere else. Oh, it's just horrendous. Yeah. I mean, you know, we always speak about kind of keeping your personal life out of your private life Yeah, or not your, I'm sorry, your personal life out of your work life. Well, even better. Remember, we said we here we say we you only have one life, you just got one life, so there's no personal life or work life. There's just one life. Yeah, but, but you can't let you can't let either one affect. You know, you can't let either aspect affect you, and it shouldn't. You know, you can't let, let um your your work you know upset you to your core to where you're you're shook uh, and you you know uh, you know can cry or or get so angry that you, you know, freak out, but, uh, and then you also can't, um, and you can't take that home with you, you know, and then you also can't bring home to work. So, um, I understand the, the one life, but there's also a certain duality to it that, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of either or. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, let's move down this list because you're, you're right on top of the point here. The second one is talking about great managers as opposed to the good ones are transparent. And you know that's my favorite word. I had no idea. Oh yeah? I yeah, why? We, what's a, what's, we the, what's through, the backstory on that? If no, if we went through and counted the amount of times that I said transparency on this podcast. We would probably, I mean, 
I've got to say it at least once a show. I'd put money on it. There's doctoral research for somebody right there. I know. Someone go back and count. I can't listen to my voice that many times, but hopefully they can. I, you know, I, I spoke earlier as well. I mean, much earlier about what the greatest compliments I, I've gotten on the job. And one of them is, you know, it to- he's totally transparent. And yeah, you know, that's a good thing. Well, that's a wonderful compliment. It's a great yeah. Yeah. So if you're transparent, if you're the boss and you're transparent, how does that show itself? What What are things you do that make you seem transparent? Well, you're you're keeping your your workforce, um, you know, involved. You're you're speaking in a way that's um, you know, honest and and straightforward. You're not beating around the bush. You know, if you have good news or bad news, if there's a merger or layoffs, you know, you you bring that to the forefront and you you know, you attack it from there. You, you, there's no, um, you know, holding things into yourself to kind of lay and wait on things and, and blindside your, your staff. You know, I think that that solution-based thinking, um, you know, will kind of help you be more transparent because then you can go to your, your, your team and say, okay, look, I have bad news, but I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I have great news and, Steps one, two, and three will now happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And just to, you don't want them, particularly when the rumor mill is churning, you know, you don't want to lie and you just, you just want your words to ring true. And, you know, we talked last time about your credibility and how important that is. That's, that's right there with it. Mm-hmm. And this, this one that feeds right into the next one, which is you have to demonstrate maturity. This really doesn't mean, I don't think, never let your hair down. It means never let your hair down at work. <laughs> uh, but you want to you want to show that you've embraced not the mission of the organization, but the values. Like in your integrity. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to show up being mature if with a total lack of integrity and uh you know we're going to come we're going to do a lot more about emotional intelligence maturity is just you know of course from a de- developmental perspective is just regulating your own emotions mm-hmm. in, in part i i worked for a guy once that uh called me into his office because there was somebody from uh one of the service areas there like uh for telecommunications we were trying to set something up, and I didn't know what it was about, but I just sat there, and uh, the lady was having trouble telling us, going over the specifications of what she was trying to do for us. And I sat there, and I felt kind of, you know, first off, I went, this is an incredible waste of time. But then I felt sorry for her because not, first off, I thought she wasn't prepared, but then I felt that she was, uh, that she was just, in over her head just a little bit. I, th- I think she was a bit nervous and I tried to calm her down. My boss started laughing and it got to the point where it got giddy. And I mean, it was nearly one of those things where he's, he couldn't stop laughing. And, you know, we've had moments like that, but in that situation, that's totally inappropriate. And, uh, I'm sure he's not listening, but you know, <laughs> that was a harpoon in the maturity whale right there for him. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you have to be able to, um, 
you know, kind of wear that hat at all times. You know, you can't, if you're in a position of, of, um, leadership, you know, you either have a job where you can let loose or you, and you know, you can wear jeans to work and take your dog in and drink at your desk and celebrate accordingly, or you have a corporate job. And in corporate, in the corporate America, you know, you have to kind of keep that level of maturity because someone's always watching. It's almost like a big brother thing. So even though you may not be the most mature person, you have to kind of keep your top button buttoned up and hold it together because, you know, you still have higher ups, you still have managers and they are, you know, kind of, um, holding you accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's a great summary of that. Uh, managers also have to be flexible. You know, if you sit there and go, you don't like change, you know, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can get where you're going anywhere today if change just is that painful to you. If you're in a job and you can't, any job, and you can't handle the change, I don't know. I mean, in the past, it was possible to just go, oh, this is a change. I don't know if I, but yeah, you just can't be that way today. Yeah, and and managers know that you know it's not about that things are gonna, you know, you know what happens. So setting the example for how they deal with that and how they expect their people to deal with that, and I'm not talking about crisis situations. I'm not talking about the siege mentality. You know, when it's time to pivot, as the entrepreneurs say, when it's time to pivot, how well do they do that? It's tough to do. Yeah. It's tough to do. All right. We're down to number five here. Here it is. This is an important one. I'm going to pluck this one out and put the gold star by it and go, this is important. They reinforce accountability. Uh, The best managers are totally all over this because they know that the success of everybody that's working for them is directly tied to their own success. And if you look at the other way, you know, they could share in the, in the, in the failures and the mistakes as well. Uh-huh. I can, uh, I always looked at it this way. And I think sometimes we use the words interchangeably responsibility and accountability. I, I, as a manager, as a leader can only assign responsibility. I give you this project to do this role in, I give you this report. I send you on the sales call. I'm assigning you responsibility for that, but only you, the individual can take accountability for that. Who's responsible for getting this data pulled together? I am. I am. I got it. That's, that's somebody that's taken accountability for that. And, you know, grammatically, yes, you could interchange them, but that's how I pitch those concepts differently. And of course, the worst type of job you can ever be in is one where you have uh, all this responsibility assigned to you, but no authority to get it done. That is hugely problematic. Even today, it's horrendous. But if you can get the folks on your team to become more readily accountable for anything they see that's out of whack, you're you're going to have a team of stars there. Have you worked in a group like that? Oh yeah, 
I mean, in the end, and when the accomplishment, when you get to the finish line and you've done it, you know, everybody's kind of got this grin going, yeah, we did it. And along that way as well, you know, you have to be able to get your hands dirty. Yeah. You have to get in there and do it. Yeah. You know, you know, though it's a team and, you know, you have team members and you have team leaders, uh, those team leaders should be doing their part and, you know, they should be helping their team um, and kind of coaching them along the way. You know, the worst coach is the coach that doesn't come to the game. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just horrendous. And when I get, get your hands dirty, I mean, you cannot, you cannot leave your, your managerial responsibilities to get down and, and build the building or do the coding or that, because you'll miss stuff. Your radar will just be way out of whack then, but you do have to be the first person there and the last person to leave. Uh And you do when somebody needs something, if it's reasonable and it's important, through your sense of experience and judgment, you you have to make yourself accountable to go fix it and get it done. Or if you can't follow up and find out why or find an alternative, this is where the rubber meets the road. And you know, the more you do it, the more you want to, to live that value. There it is. Thank you. That's it. The more you do it and the more you create success, the more you want to live it like that. That, yeah. That's the difference between a top performer. You see what I'm saying? Hear Absolutely, what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hear what I'm saying. I do. I understand. I see. I do. <laughs> so they do all these things, and all of a sudden, what have they done? When we talked about you know having a team of stars, sure, they develop great talent. And, and the great managers, not the good ones, but the great ones, when their people get tapped for promotion or moved somewhere else or to get sent somewhere to fix a problem, that's good for them. Sure, they may have to backfill the position or they'll play shorthanded for a while. But, mm-hmm. you know, it should feel good. Well, go to Alex's team. See who she's got. She's got good people there. Yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. So that's the difference. So now we've looked at it through uh, through Craig's list. Oh, I can't believe I said that Craigslist. Craig Chicada, I'm sorry. We have you on. You could beat me around the head and shoulders for saying that. Here are the seven things. Have a great attitude. Enthusiasm. Transparency. Alex's favorite word. Yes. Maturity. Flexibility. That doesn't mean supple. That means pivot. Accountability versus responsibility. Get your hands dirty and develop great talent. Boy, that is a great list. If any of us got to the end of our careers and could say we covered, you know, most of those, you know, we'd be rock stars for sure. Let's go yeah. do something good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a good goal to have at least to be able to do it all. Yeah, it's good. So where can you learn more to do this? Folks, the new Literati is coming soon. Be the first to find out more about this. Click on the big orange button to join the conversation, and we'll tell you how you can be an insider too. Alex, thank you very much for going over this. This was a great one. Why, thank you for having me. Oh, Imala, let's go be accountable about something. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Show notes are labradorleadership.com. See you next time. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Get your hands dirty. Yeah, everybody with a work ethic can do that. Get in there and help out. Take the accountability point very seriously. That strikes me as being oh so most important run right up there with transparency. Transparency, accountability. Everyone, take care of each other. Have a great week. See ya.